1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, there is a lot going on at this hour in the capital city. The uh, almost daily dose of nagging by health professionals about COVID. Uh, That is happening. And we also have the progressive, I'll be nice, quote-unquote faith leaders of Columbus holding a virtual press conference trying to um, accomplish their agenda that should not be their agenda. They want to reform Columbus police. Um, they've been, I would assume at some point in their life, inspired to share the gospel, which does transform men's hearts. And that's the only way that they'll ever get to where they want to get. Also start of a Thursday edition of the Bruce Hooley show. So thanks for joining us here on 98.9. The answer love to get your input. We have a new legislative map in the state of Ohio and the Democrats are not happy about it. And I understand why they're not happy about it. And so I'm torn. I'm torn. Uh. I don't want to ever be associated with uh, the party that uses an ends justify the means rationale for what it does. That would be the Democratic Party. Uh, I want to do things the right way. But I also know that if Republicans in Ohio did things the way Democrats want them done, pretty soon Democrats would have the power and would do exactly what Republicans just did, only it would eliminate the possibility that our state would ever have a Republican-led legislature ever again. So you've probably heard the term gerrymandering. What is gerrymandering? Uh, gerrymandering is uh, finagling, rigging. Um, <laughs> okay, so the legislative map in the state of Ohio was divided into districts. And those districts then elect a representative to hopefully, at least in Republican districts, do the will of the people. Uh, They've been meeting a committee of five Republicans and two Democrats in the last few days trying to beat a deadline of midnight last night to come up with a new legislative map for the state of Ohio. You've probably seen complaints before, maybe seen a picture of the legislative map in the state of Ohio before where instead of just everything being in nice square blocks and all that, it's like, oh, well, this district goes into this county and over down through here and up there and all this. And that is pretty much what we're going to have going forward for the next four years, much to the consternation of alleged Republican Governor Mike DeWine, who uh, indicated last night that he's not happy and he thought the map should be more fair and What the MAP accomplishes is to pretty much keep Republicans in power in the state of Ohio and keep them in power to the extent that if they need to or want to, they can override the governor's veto on things like mask mandates, health orders, the kinds of things that drove us all nuts. So I like the fact that the General Assembly took away from Mike DeWine power that he does not have, according to the state's constitution. But do I love the fact that the only way to get that done is to rig, finagle, concoct, weird-looking legislative districts? No, I don't love it. So what we will get is pretty much what we have had. And that is a 62 to 37 Republican majority in the House and a 23 to 10 Senate majority, well, a Republican majority, rather, in the Senate. These are the kinds of things that are, a lot of people look at it as minutia, boring, procedural, kinds of things that if you were in a high school civics class, if they even have high school civics classes anymore, you'd memorize it for the quiz and then forget it because you think that's something else. Never ever need to know again. But what you need to know is this is what has allowed our General Assembly to do what it's done, which is keep the governor from overstepping his bounds. So in that case, because I sadly can't trust the Republican governor we have, and I certainly would never trust a Democratic governor we might get in the future, uh, I'm going to say that I am grudgingly okay with this grudgingly okay in a perfect world and we do not live in one because we're all born with a sin nature in a perfect world yes we would not split cities down the middle we would not have some legislative districts where the living room of one house is in one district and the bedroom of the same house is in another district yes that would be ideal basically though this comes down to trust Do you trust Democrats in the future to have the same commitment to a lack of gerrymandering that they now want the Republicans to grant them in this moment in time? And my answer to that is an unequivocal no. I don't trust them because I see what they do. For instance... How did Obamacare come about? Oh, that's right. It came about without a single Republican vote. How has the Biden administration gotten $3 trillion in COVID relief passed? Oh, that's right. Without a single Republican vote. Who was it way back when who invoked the nuclear option and we went to just simple majority on Supreme Court justices? Oh, that was A Democratic Senator, Harry Reid, who did that. Yes. So, I don't need to guess what would happen if Republicans in the state of Ohio granted Democrats what they want, which is the right way to divide districts. Because I see how it happens on the federal level. And I see how representatives in the state of Ohio who have the Democratic label, like shouting Tim Ryan and the other crazy people like him, Uh, do what they do. They're not really as mad about the fact that the legislative map in Ohio was divided the way it is. They're mad, but they're not as mad about that as they are the fact that they don't have the power to do it themselves. And rest assured, if they ever get the power to do it themselves, they will do it. And they will do it to the extent that you will never get the chance to revisit that issue ever again. Now, speaking of revisiting issues... Much to the consternation of President Joe Biden, Afghanistan continues to uh, nip at his heels, hopefully sink its teeth into his Achilles tendon and more, as we have a U.S. Army general who now says he told them exactly what has happened would happen if we withdrew from Afghanistan. So, so much for the lie that I followed all my general's advice. That is what Joe Biden has said. Like much of what Joe Biden has said, it is not proven to be true. I'll give you the details next here on a Thursday edition of The Bruce Willis Show. I don't want to rock your world by uh, blowing apart your trust in our president. Uh, But it appears that Joe Biden's uh, recounting of the advice that he received from all, he said it many times, all of his generals and military experts about a rapid departure from Afghanistan, he may not have been truthful in all of that. Uh, In fact, it appears that he confounded the recommendation of a pretty important general, a guy named Austin Miller, the commander of of U.S. forces in Afghanistan from 2018 through July of this year. Now, that's interesting. Why did his command end in July of this year? We got out of Afghanistan, you might recall. I hope you recall. Because it's been three weeks ago today, three weeks ago today, that Max Soviak and 12 other, Ohio's Max Soviak, and 12 other uh, servicemen were murdered by a suicide bomber the Kabul airport three weeks ago today. So we withdrew from Afghanistan in August. Austin Miller, commander of the U.S. forces in Afghanistan from 2018 through July of this year. How many, by the way, what a timetable there. Austin Miller, commander of U.S. forces in Afghanistan from 2018 through July of this year. How many American service casualties did we have in Afghanistan from February of 2018 through July of this year? Um, the same number of times you won the lottery in the last year. Zero times. That's right. Zero American combat casualties in Afghanistan. So General Miller yesterday uh, was talking at a classified Senate Armed Services Committee hearing. And multiple sources who were present at the hearing, and can't keep their mouth shut because it's classified, by the way, uh, Tell the Daily Wire and other conservative news sources that General Miller passed his recommendations through the chain of command that the U.S. should keep a 2,500-member strong military force on the ground in order to, here you go, maintain stability in Afghan military forces given the Taliban threat. 2,500 people on the ground in U.S. military uniforms with contractors providing air support just like always to keep the Afghan military robust and enabled. The general said he strongly dissented with the assessments that Afghanistan would eventually fall to the Taliban in between one to three years, said he thought it would go much, much faster. And of course it did go much, much faster. And Mark Milley woke Mark Milley while checking out Ibram X. Kendi's nonsense and trying to understand white rage. Maybe he should understand the recommendation of his general with boots on the ground in Afghanistan because Milley said nobody expected it to go that fast. Well, it appears that General Miller did. And you would think that Mark Milley would have had access to that recommendation of his commander on the ground in Afghanistan, but no. Miller said once his recommendation was turned down, it became his job to execute the withdrawal order and decisions like abandoning Bagram Air Force Base were made because of constraints and troop caps imposed by the president's orders. Now, it is possible that Milley, being a political animal that he is, maybe he was on the phone with with his Chinese counterpart telling them, hey, if there's an attack coming, we'll be sure to let you know. Uh, that is alleged in the new Bob Woodward book, Peril, uh, which is coming out. And and by the way, there are more uh, bombshell disclosures coming in that book, uh, which I will share with you later on in the show. But this proves, and we all knew it, right? We all knew Biden was lying because mm, does he ever do anything else? I mean, he lied the other day in Idaho about, yeah, this place right here, this is where I wanted to work right when I got out of college in Delaware. Yeah, I wanted to work in Idaho. You know, he used to drive a semi-truck, Joe Biden. Yeah. Every time the man opens his mouth, certainly every time he holds up his hands and says, no joke, it isn't a joke, it's a lie. Now, this is not a joke, but it is sad. Sad faith leaders, and I'm joking when I say faith leaders because they're not people of faith and they're not leaders, but they label themselves as such. A group of pastors, allegedly, in Columbus are holding a virtual call right now, pray the internet goes out, uh, trying to put pressure on the Department of Justice because it's not enough that Merrick Garland and his partisans are coming in here snooping around into Columbus police. Uh, These people want a pattern or practice investigation by the DOJ to reveal whether there are patterns or practices of discrimination in Columbus. Now, I do not want there to be any discrimination among Columbus police, and if there is any instances of it, I want it punished to the full extent of the law. If Adam Coy is guilty of discharging his weapon in an unlawful fashion against Andre Hill, then Adam Coy should go to jail, and he should go to jail for a very long time. Same thing with the Franklin County Sheriff's deputy, involved in the shooting of Casey Goodson. If, in fact, he discharged his weapon and it was not a justified shoot, he should go to jail for a long time. No member of our community should be mistreated because of their gender, their sexual preference, their racial uh, ethnicity, or anything like that. But pastors are out of their lane when they're doing this, way out of their lane. If they want to do something that would make a difference, then how about they're so concerned with social justice, right? Social justice this, social justice that. Could I get you to take Tim Ahrens of First Congregational Church in Columbus? Could I get you to take Donald Washington of Mount Hermon Missionary Baptist Church? Could I get you to take an interest in actual real justice? for Olivia Kurtz. Olivia Kurtz was the 16-year-old young black girl shot to death at a party at Bicentennial Park on May the 22nd. Now, I know your mind goes back that far because you're fixated on the Micaiah Bryant shooting on May the 15th. You're throwing that into your stupid presentation today to the Justice Department as if that shooting was not a justified shoot by the way, I am just amazed. This is actually, I'm going to read you directly from the dispatch story about these so-called faith leaders. Public outrage was reignited when 16-year-old Makaya Bryant was shot and killed in April, on April 20th. Oh, I thought it was May 15th. Okay, April 20th. By Columbus police officer Nicholas Reardon as the girl uh, appeared to be, appeared to be trying to stab, appeared to. To be trying to stab another woman during a dispute. Was it a dispute? Was there was a dispute? It didn't look like a dispute. It looked like Makiah Bryant was wielding a knife in a in a rage, in an uncontrolled rage. Dave Yost, the Attorney General of the State of Ohio, has completed his investigation in early July. The case remains under review by the Franklin County Prosecutor's Office. Gary Tayak, what are you doing? Would you please show? a backbone, and exonerate this officer for executing his duty perfectly under duress. But no, the faith leaders are not doing what they need to do, which is get involved with the FBI, which has now offered a reward of $25,000 for information related to the fatal shooting of Olivia Kurtz. So faith leaders, (laughs) wink, wink, if you want to do what you should do, which is talk to men's consciences and get them to do the right thing. You're so concerned about Columbus Police doing the right thing. How about getting your parishioners to do the right thing and come forward with information on the murder of Olivia Kurtz? That would give her family peace, closure, to know that her murderer is going to be brought to justice because her murderer needs to be brought to justice. And you have the capacity, the influence, the ability to drive that, that would be a productive use of your platform. What you're doing is not a productive use of your platform. This girl is a sophomore in high school. That hits home for me because I have a sophomore in high school. And I cannot imagine the desperation, the anger, the sense of loss in losing her. It would be increased exponentially if she died by someone shooting her and i knew there were people who knew who did it and those people wouldn't come forward. We don't come forward because you don't like the police. This is not a this is not a question of whether you like the police or not. You cannot on one hand campaign for justice and on the other hand turn a blind eye to what you know about bringing justice to bear.